What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that. Shotgun set. Three receivers left. And here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady and he caught ball. Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record a thousand yards or more in his first seven seasons and want to throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Throws up the middle. That's intercepted at the 40. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Oh, so the end Battle in. Intercepted, picked off in the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White, what a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Salty Dogs podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, not by Putting a little pressure on us now. Yeah, really. Or welcome. Just welcome if sure. this is your first time. Not welcome back. Um, I'm Scott Smith. I'm Jeff Ryan. And we are the Salty Dogs. And we mostly talk about the Buccaneers, mm-hmm. which has been a lot of fun this year. Yeah. The last two years. It's awesome. Yeah. Big win. Big win on Sunday. Uh, n- not only a big win, but I think it was the win that I was looking for, how it, how it played out. I, I really felt like. The team should dominate, and yeah. they eventually did. Yeah. So I'm very pleased about that. First four drives of that game, all fairly lengthy drives, scoring drives, trading back and forth. Mm-hmm. Each team got a touchdown and a field goal. And then the Buccaneers defense finally got the first stop of the game, but the offense didn't stop. So before you knew it, it was 24 to 10. And we did that great thing, or we all had a chance to do that great thing that the uh, New England Patriots and Bill Belichick supposedly invented where – because we deferred, uh-huh. you score at the end of the first half, score at the beginning of the second half. Usually, win a game when that happens. Sure, that's didn't didn't come through because we didn't score at the. And we kind of tried. Had a, our only lull of the real of the whole game really was the first five or six minutes of the second half, and then after that, the Bucks just dominated on both I, sides. I thought side. he was going to make the field goal. <clears throat> Pinion? Yeah. Because that was at the end. That was at the end of the half. Yeah. So you, I was you still I was counting us as having scored because we scored. A touchdown with like less than two minutes to go, mm-hmm. and then they were driving. Looked like they were going to score, but um, Shaq had the strip sack. Right. And then yeah, we got a chance at a sixty-yard field goal. And he, he got pretty close. I like it. I I I, I like the call. It first. scared me because you know you saw that sure. with the Jaguars a couple weeks ago, where mm-hmm. you have a chance of giving up a touchdown if they put a return guy back there, uh-huh. and it's not the only time it's happened because. Nope. Your guys on your kickoff team are mostly big, not fast guys, yeah. big guys. So. No, if they if you get by them, it's over. Yeah, so uh, that that made me nervous, but he kicked it far enough that the guy trying to catch it couldn't couldn't catch it before it went out of the back yeah. of the end zone. Yeah. Before we go any further, I need to say yeah. Beef O'Brady's. Um, they're sponsoring us. We thank them I for know. that. And uh, now it's time for the Beef O'Brady moment from Scott Smith. <laughs> You're not going to do the read first? Oh, I can. Sure, let me do it. Wings and beer, beer and wings, nobody combines them like Beef O'Brady's. Start with our award-winning traditional or boneless wings and a variety of sauces and dry rubs. Next, pick up your brew. Beef's has all your faves on tap. Beef O'Brady's, where game time meets beer time and wing time all the time. Now it's time. 
Yeah, I don't like the way you've really branded this because, I mean, I don't know if I can do this for 18 straight weeks. Well, you were telling me how awesome it is. I know. So start working I mean, on if it. I have like 20, if well, you want to play as different things, I'm going to sound sure. like a glutton, first of all. No. And I, I don't need something different every time I go there. Well, you can just. But anyway, I can do it another one at least. Um, okay. As I've said before, the reason I've been to Beef Obrays a lot is some of us families, friends' families who are all in travel baseball together for tournaments or things like that, we'd often, when we had a break, go to nearby Beef O'Brady's for lunch and um, or dinner or whatever it was. So we always had kids with us, right? I've been telling you things that I like sure. mostly, although I did mention the sangria that my wife likes uh-huh. one week. Uh, I Several of, not my son, but several of the other kids there, if you wanted to make them happy, what you ordered for them was this sampler platter on the... Um, on the appetizer menu. Oh. It has, I believe it has onion rings and mozzarella sticks and wings. Well, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, so they got all of that, and they liked it. Okay. So that's a good order for a kid if you don't want to go to the kids' menu. Because, uh, you know, they said, I'm not talking about like five- and six-year-old, because you're still giving them sure. kids' menus and stuff yeah. at that time. But yeah. when they get to be like seven, eight, nine, ten, and they're eating more, uh-huh. you, you can't just do kids' menu stuff anymore. No, no. And if the kids are happy, you're going to have a happy meal yourself. So <laughs> A happy they, meal? Yeah. That's something different. I understand. So this this Miami game mm-hmm. that I was trying to talk about. Sure. Um, that's how the offense is supposed to work, right? I mean, uh, 8 of 11 on third downs, 33 first downs, which is the most we've ever had in a game that didn't go into overtime. Right. Everybody getting involved. Tyler Johnson had some big plays. The big three wide receivers all had big days. By the way, they're all on pace for 1,000 yards this season. Crazy. Thanks to the 17th game. But sure. But they might be otherwise, I think. Um which I was asked about a couple times earlier before the season started. I'm like, of course it's possible, but it just doesn't seem likely that all three of them will get to 1,000 yards, right? Well. I don't know. At this point, if we're putting up 350 passing yards a game, it's totally possible. Yeah. And I like the fact that the offense is starting to click like it was clicking at the end of last year. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm most happy about. And, you know, you, you, you expect so much out of it. Um, because you look at the talent on this team, and so you expect it all the time. And when it doesn't happen right away, everybody yeah. goes, oh, what's kind of wrong? What's mm-hmm. this, that, you know? Let me. Uh, the Rams game was an example. Right. Uh, New England, I just thought that was a tight game. Weather played a factor. Yeah, but and a good defense. Yeah, very good. The, the, the Rams game, to my point, we just couldn't convert third downs. No. And so you couldn't sustain drives, and we couldn't get off the field on third downs. So this brings me to you get your branded thing with me and my beef O'Brien moment. Sure. I made up this few things, a new thing a few weeks ago that we want to do each week called mm-hmm. What Was Your Favorite Thing uh-huh. from the Game? Okay. Really just stole it from it doesn't ESPN. Matter. And if you're not stealing, Scott you're, Van Pelt. It's, it's just the way it works. So uh, since it's on the topic here, I will say my favorite thing was that drive. I believe it was the one that put us up. After they came to within seven points, and then we had the drive Mm -hmm. um, that put us back up by 14 and put the game away, as it turned out. That drive was remarkable to me because we tried three. First of all, the first two plays of the drive were incomplete, so you're like, ah, they just scored. We're going to give the ball right back to them. Um, But, nope, Antonio Brown, 12 yards. We tried three deep shots on that drive. and Maybe it wasn't that drive. I got to get to the right drive here. <laughs> was it your favorite moment? Whatever drive it was that where Tom Brady threw, yeah, that's this was it. So he tries to throw a deep ball to Mike Evans. Doesn't work. We're in third and ten. Converts the first down anyway. 
Then he tries to throw a deep ball. I can't. That's the play-by-play, and I can't find the right place. But it was the drive where he threw three incomplete deep balls. Uh-huh. And that should kill a drive. I mean, it's great to take the shot, and if it works, great. But you can't keep converting long third downs. But we try the deep shot, didn't make it. But then the next two two plays were easy, just bam, bam, first down, bam, mm-hmm. bam. We got so many weapons. Sure. Six yards to O.J. Brown, ten yards to Antonio Brown, whatever. O.J. Howard. I, mean. I love that drive because if you can take repeated deep shots, and even if you don't get them, and get you could still down. just sustain a long drive. That's demoralizing for a defense. Mm-hmm. Demoralizing. Mm-hmm. And we've felt that before. I think like in the Rams game where you're watching the other offense and you just can't get them off the field. Right. It's demoralizing to watch that. And so that's what we're, we, were, we did to the Dolphins and their fans, and, and I think we can do that to a lot of teams. My, my favorite moment was just the ground game caught fire. Yeah. Okay, that's I, not really a moment. That's like the entire game. Okay, but. well, then I'll back it up. My favorite <laughs> moment was the 62-yard uh, touchdown to Antonio Brown because I just loved how he put the afterburner on and just took off. I Broke down that play from my weekly Next Gen Stats article mm-hmm. yesterday, or I think it went up today. Yep. Um, it was fun to watch because you can, on Next Gen, you can, they have a video clip of it. Sure. They've got uh, the, the little grid where it shows the field and everybody's a dot with their number on uh-huh. it. And then when you push go, it shows where everybody ran. Uh-huh. It's really a neat way to watch how sure. a play develops and where yep. everybody goes. Um, so, yeah, Antonio Brown started out on the right. With Xavier Howard, who's an incredibly good cornerback, very covering high him paid in in man coverage and up close to the line. He didn't press him; he might have wanted to, but mm-hmm. Antonio Brown off the uh, snap immediately cut inside him, got that inside leverage on him, and got ahead of him on on his crossing route. He was crossing over the top. Mike Evans crossing over the bottom. We ended up with three receivers going, three pass catchers, including Giovanni Bernard, going to the right side, which brought their single high safety over to that side, whereas Antonio Brown was going the other way, which is one of the reasons why there was no help. Yep. Right. So Brown catches the ball. At the moment he catches it, Howard is only 1.9 yards behind him. And they're both running left to right. And he's about to run into another defender, Nick Needham, who was trying to cover Tyler Johnson but had fallen down, so was out of position. But Nick Needham didn't see him because he was trying to catch up to Johnson yep. and had his back to Antonio. Antonio as almost almost immediately after catching that pass when he's running right to left, like you said, just turns on a dime upfield and boom, he's gone. gone. And uh, Howard never even got close to him. Needham never got close to him. They have a really fast rookie safety named Javon Holland who mm-hmm. managed to recover and take a good angle and got to within about a yard of him but didn't have enough. Didn't have enough. Antonio Brown got up to a top speed of 20.53 miles per hour. And what's he, 32? That sounds right. Something like that. That was the fastest wow. any buck ran that entire game. Yeah. Well, it It was a very cool it play. It, it's one of those plays that if you've been a buck fan for a long, long time, it, it's it's weird seeing a buccaneer offense do what it's doing. <laughs> you know, I mean, defensively, you're just, as buccaneer teams go, you're just used to great defensive teams. And the last this couple is not your daddy's buccaneers no and our grandpas this is the last two the last two seasons you've really seen that and and the defense is playing stellar too i mean you know the last couple weeks they've been yeah. better well it, they just don't have everybody yeah. so that's why i think defensively they've been playing well get more pressure right that, that's the main thing well and i find that really interesting because Shaq barrett made that comment uh, a few weeks ago that from here on out three or more sacks a game we were going to get. He said know. we would never have another one sack game. Right. So and so, so far, far he's been right. Two weeks in a row. Two for two. Mm-hmm. And he's had a hand in it both times. Dude. His Amazing. strip sack. He has more strip sacks 
and more turnovers caused by pressure, which includes like if you mm-hmm. hit the quarterback and it turns into sure. an interception. He has more of those than anybody else in the NFL since he arrived here in 2019. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... And that was also on my list of favorite things because I had a couple of them mm-hmm. because when that play was going on, he's trying to come around the, the end on the blind side of the quarterback, and it looks to me all the world like he's being held. I'm going... Holding, holding. I'm saying this. I'm trying not to say it loud because we're in the press box. Sure. We're not supposed to, but I'm going, holding. I say And it he loud. still got through and got the strip sack. That was an impressive play. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was It was, uh, It was. was a fun. Okay. The other thing I loved about that game is it was at 1 o'clock and yeah. it was over within like three hours. Yes. Absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Those are the best. I, we don't get many of them anymore. I forgot how awesome that is. Yeah. Um, and important since we have to play on Thursday. It would have been bad to have a late afternoon game. Yeah, well, the I, with the the um, fun part about uh, a one o'clock game when you're at home is you get to be a football fan for the late games. Yeah, and that's that's what I did. I cool. ended up watching. Jeez, um, I, I I was flipping between the um, 49ers because I wanted to see how they were going to do without a quarterback uh, against the Cardinals. I was flipping from that, then I was flipping to the Bears game and the Raiders game, Ugh, and then those I those weren't the best games. No, no, no. And I was just flipping, flipping, and then I flipped to the Chargers Browns game. That's the one, and locked in on that game. You picked the right one, and I kept. I was. Are you kidding me? That game was insane. Over a thousand yeah. yards. Yeah, crazy. and then they have the crazy part where Cleveland is pulling the running back into the end zone. Yes. Because he tried to stop so they could just kick an easy and uh-huh. run out the time. All right. I have seen defenses. I've even seen the Bucks do it once. I've seen defenses purposely let the guy get into the yeah. end zone because they know their only chance is to have some time yeah, they, left. You'll yeah. have to score a touchdown, sure. but if you let them run out the clock and kick a field goal, you're dead. Yeah. So I've never seen them because he starts. I don't know why they handed off and didn't just kneel. He starts running to the goal well, up, and then tries to stop. He tried to stop. He he tried to he tried to take more time and off the clock. It and was get his like a thinking. Yard. Yeah, was, that was his thinking. And then he said the next thing he knew, he was being picked up and put. Oh, in you the heard end an zone. interview after? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a great play. I mean, uh, phenomenal game on both teams. I mean, holy smokes. The funny thing is, you're not allowed as an offensive player to pull a teammate into into the end zone. No, you're not allowed to, but a defensive player sure. can, which is weird. Yeah, well, all of that's when you get to the. End zone, all of that's weird, yeah. where a running back can drop the ball once he's in the end zone and it's a touchdown. A wide receiver catches it and falls to the ground and drops it. No, that's not a but touchdown. But you know why, don't you? Well, it's because you, supposedly you don't have possession of the ball. Yeah, in a, in, if you run across the line, you or if possession. a receiver catches the ball at the 10 yeah. and runs across the line, it's the same thing because you've sure. already established possession. So yeah. it doesn't matter if once it, you cross the end zone, in line, you're done. Yeah, if you're done. The yeah. dead. The, yeah. But if you catch a ball in the end zone, and fall to the ground. The NFL says for a catch to be complete, it, you have to hold on to it through contact with the ground. Yeah, you look. You it look, doesn't even matter that it's in the end zone. It just happens to be in the end zone. Right. If you look across the league right now, defensive coordinators must be shaking their heads because if you start looking at scores, it's crazy. It uh, now for the fans, they love it, and I'm sure fantasy football fans are just enjoying it immensely. Yes, of, we are of what's going on. Um, so. Uh, I, but I do think it's like anything else, you know, the defensive coordinators will start figuring out how to shut things down. Uh, I think we've just reached an era of the NFL where this is what it is now. Because you can't hit anybody anymore? Well, and there's the all kinds of rules that help, but yeah. also there's been, you know, revolutions of how offenses are run. I mean, we even, we're going to get our first real look this week at like a quarterback who adds 
yeah. the offense with his legs and uh, RPOs and zone mm-hmm. reads. Um, you know, we don't even have any of that, but you know, it's, it's a lot of it has to do with the rules. Sure. sure. And, and, uh, but I just think unless they make some significant rule changes, I don't think we're going backwards from here. You know, so yeah, the, the defensive coordinators will figure out some yeah. stuff, and some are better than others. But I think it's what I said a couple of weeks ago in today's NFL. Basically, you want to try to build a dominant offense because you have to to keep up with some of these teams and just kind of hope you can your defense comes along. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what's happened with us this season, and it has come along the last couple of weeks, even with all the injuries. And that, I think that's that's probably uh, – I think that's what I'm most impressed with because of all the injuries, the fact that, you know, they're shoring up, they're hanging in there. Yeah. You know, they're giving up plays they don't necessarily want to, but then they combat, they bend, don't break, mm-hmm. um, giving up a field goal rather than a touchdown. Get a couple turnovers. Get a couple turnovers at key po- and key points. Uh, batting a ball away, uh, unfortunately, um, you know, in the New England game, Levante David did that play of the game, um, and Levante with a high ankle sprain. So yes, we, we not, had to talk about that, but I'm not yeah. happy about it. No, no, jeez, uh, that's just that's just the guy you don't want to see go no. down. I'm not saying we can't replace him for however long he's out. Kevin Minner's a good player, mm-hmm. and, and he played well for what what he, he generally does. In. He generally mm-hmm. does. Um, but that's what I'm. That's that's kind of what I what I mean about when I was talking about our de- the defense not being the defense because you don't have all your, your yeah. what you would consider your top players. Yeah. But in this defense, everybody's a top player. There's so much talent. Did you hear? Um, who was it? Shaq. <laughs> Shaq. say about no. what? What Richard Sherman coming up to him? No, it wasn't well, Shaq. Well, it was Shaq. Fournette. It was Leonard Fournette. When he it says, was, yeah. Richard Sherman comes up to him during the game and goes. Dude, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. I've never been on a team with all this talent on Right. And I think he mostly was describing the offense, but sure. there's a lot of talented defensive players, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like... And he said this S-H-I-T is different. Yeah, yeah this, <laughs> this crap yeah. is different. Right. I think we've said shit on this before. Oh, have we? Well, okay, I'll leave it on. I've uh, said it, not you, but I finally I got just did. You, but I got you to say it, so <laughs> yay me. The kids. Think the, of the kids. The kids, oh... Yeah, you know what, though? You have to overcome injuries in the NFL. Oh. The hardest part is when they concentrate at a specific position like we've had in the secondary. Mm-hmm. But everybody's getting injuries. The Buccaneers were very fortunate to not have too many injuries last year. That's often part of the story of a very successful team. This year they're having to prove that they can do it even with a more normal amount of injuries. Yeah. And and I think that 17th game is really going to have an effect. It, it's, oh, it, we'll see. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. We're going to have to wait and see. How I mean, when are you going to know that it had an effect in the 17th game? Because yeah. Until then, well, it's the same length of a season. Until you get to the last game. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I mean. So in the I mean, last week, everything's going to crumble like well, like the buildings in may, Inception? It may not have. It depends on how many's left. Who's left? Who's left standing? We'll know. Week 17. Well, I think this is going to be a very um, interesting NFC race because it's very top-heavy. Um, you know, you got Arizona at 5-0, and Bucks, Packers. And two other teams, I believe, or at least one other team. Dallas Cowboys. Dallas, they're all 4-1. and one. Um, So that's five teams. If there's five teams that are 4-1 and one or better, I think I'm forgetting one of them. Um, that's – and I think they're all very good. I don't think they're flukes. The Rams are the other one. Mm-hmm. So you've got 5-0 and o team and four 4-1 and one teams at this point. I don't know if that's unusual. I didn't check against other seasons. But I think they're all good teams. I think they're all um, going to be there at the end. 
you do wonder a little bit about the Rams and the Cardinals because that division is so good, and they're going to start picking each yeah. other off a little bit. That's yeah, the yeah. hope, right? Sure. And, and I'm not saying that the NFC South isn't good, but Carolina's shown some cracks. Atlanta's not very good so far. New Orleans is good, but I don't think hot they're... Hot and cold. Yeah. They're hot and cold. You don't know what you're going to get there. I, you know what I meant to say at the very beginning, so then now that it just popped in my head, sure. I wonder, this is an unusual week because it's Thursday, so this is an unusual, this isn't our normal podcast structure because... We're playing th- on Thursday is what you mean. We're playing on Thursday. What did I say? You said it's Thursday. Oh, well, that wouldn't be surprising because today totally feels like Wednesday to me. You can't convince me it's not Wednesday. Well, that's because you're living the football life right now. <clears throat> it's Tuesday, but it's totally Wednesday. I'm doing all the things I normally do on Wednesday. It's, it's, funny you say, it's funny you say that because I've been in conversations with people and they go, no, it's Tuesday. <laughs> and I am because tomorrow we go to Philadelphia. Um, yeah, this so got to have everything done. So to me, this is this is not even a Wednesday. It today, feels like a combination of Wednesday today and Thursday. Is, to me, is like a Friday. Okay, well, it's more like a Wednesday for me. Yeah, so it it gets very very confusing. But because of that, and because the 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 schedule is very compressed, as an example, Tom Brady was saying when asked about how to prepare for this, uh-huh. it's like you just it's like cramming for an exam. You just put everything else mm-hmm. off to the side. They've got. They had most of their offense installed by today at 10.45, which is Tuesday. Sure. Whereas they don't even usually start installing until a Wednesday on a normal week. So everything's condensed. They have more hours here than they usually would on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So we did not think it was wise to ask for a player guest this week. Yeah. We just didn't even ask. Mm -mm. I mean, the PR guys have been great at helping us out. The players have been great at agreeing to do it, but we didn't even want to ask them. This no, week. and and you know I needed to get someone to do the radio show, and um, didn't want to make too many asks. Well, we didn't want to make too many asks, and actually it worked out quite nicely because we had uh, Ryan Suckup and um, uh, Bradley Pinion do the show. Okay. And how that came about was a they were a, they were willing to do it, and we wanted to talk to them, and it was the perfect week to do that. Because of the way the schedule laid out, they had a little more free time the rest than the everybody team. else. Yeah, they always do. And, well, that and and that's but, but this week it was but it was, it, it, it was pronounced. It's really good stuff, though. It, it, they both did really really well, okay. and so uh, these short weeks create a lot of havoc. And um, yeah, for sure, you know, for us to ask someone, and sometimes the guys will do it, but a lot of times they're just rushed. It's like the practice schedule. I just didn't feel right asking them. Yeah. to be honest with you. I mean. You know they're doing walkthroughs, which is mm-hmm. which is good, um, but it's still time consuming. Yeah, you know? and and I know everybody is saying the the what is the correct thing to say that well the Eagles have to go through this too because mm-hmm. they played on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But adding in the travel is does it, 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 there's a higher level of difficulty for the travel team on the Thursday night game. Not enormous, but it's there. Sure. So you, they have to actually do some preparations on Wednesday and travel. Right. Which is a lot. Mm-hmm. And then you're sitting around in your hotel room all day Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. players and coaches don't like? No. I don't mind too no. much. Well, it just depends on where we are and what's going on and it was weird though on Sunday to get up er- to get it not get up early. I always get up early, but to get up and go and be driving at 8:30 Sunday morning mm-hmm. headed to the stadium. Yeah. It was, it was like old times. Uh-huh. Yeah. But like time. but hey, uh I diverted us from our talks of injuries. Sure. And I just want to say as I was, I was trying to get to the point of, we're not unique. There were tons of injuries across the league. There have been, and there were this week. Like, look at the Giants, and they're not even having a good year. So this is just seems extra brutal that they lose Daniel Jones, Saquon uh, Barkley, and Kenny Galladay all in all in once. Yeah, 
And our, our friend Mike Glennon is suddenly in the game. And yeah. No, no offense to Mike, but no. winds haven't really followed him around. No, poor Mike. He went in, and the first thing he did, threw a pick. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually was looking at that game. That was the Dallas Giants game. That was the other game that, that I was flipping through. Um, yeah, yeah. Mike is um, – He's he's just been put in some tough situations. Sure. I think. But, sure. I mean, he's got a job in the NFL, and he keeps getting occasional starts, so that's sure. good. Yep. But, I mean, like, uh, Taysom Hill got hurt. Joe Burrow got it. There were two guys taken to the hospital for throat contusions. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Joe Burrow and that Browns or that yeah, Browns rookie linebacker Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. You, you know you have to get hit really hard to get a throat contusion. A throat contusion. Yeah, that's gotta be a that sounds bad. forearm right I, there. I'm not interested in having one of those. No, I'm not. The Packers are already without their great corner, Jair Alexander, and now mm-hmm. Kevin King got hurt in that game. Yep. I know we have memories of Kevin King that would make you wonder if that's a good or a bad thing for the Packers, <laughs> but it's hard to find competent corners. Sure. Speaking of which, Cleveland, Denzel Ward went down. Mm-hmm. Clyde Edwards-Slayer went on injured reserve today. Joe Juju Smith-Schuster isn't going to be able to play this week. No. Tyreek Hill got hurt. No. Joe Tooney. I mean, I didn't. I just wrote down I, a few. There's, I, there's a lot more than this. You know, it, and I think that's where, you know, as we've talked previously, that's where the scouting department really comes into play. Yeah, we've uh, well when we, we have Rob McCartney on, and it, how they go, they have the board. They know who's who's available, what's going, what's next. How, who do you bring in? How do you bring them in? Um, I think uh, you know bringing people in. I think Richard Sherman uh, has really done a remarkable job, and and we made a comment during the broadcast that he really didn't. We didn't give him enough love for what he did in the New England game. I thought we did. Well, you and I did, but oh. in our broadcast we didn't. Um, and I think he's got about two more weeks, and I think he'll be in his football shape. You know? Yeah, that'll, and then his veteran right now he's he's winning enough on veteran yeah. experience and savvy, right? Yeah, he's he's he knows what he's supposed to do. His mind's telling him where to go, but the legs aren't getting him yeah. there. Was, and I don't think it's because he doesn't have. He just has to get him back. Got to get it back. Oh. Yeah, like he may uh, may be able to give that burst of speed one or two plays, but to have to do it all the time, play after play he after play. He didn't come back totally ready to do that, yeah. which he acknowledged. Which is which fair. Could, sure, do. no. Nobody would. No, no. well, it, there's that thing called football shape, and players will tell you all the time, yeah. you can be in shape, but there's football shape is a whole it's other ballgame. different animal yep. altogether. Yep, so that's a good we thing. We only punted one time in that game. That's usually a good sign. Yes. I think that, therefore, we should only punt once in every game. <laughs> And then we'll win. Well, you are giving up uh, a, a chance to uh, to advance the ball, or not advance the ball, but you give up the ball. But you know, there's that conversation of you know, do you punt? Where do you punt? Uh, yeah, I was just making a joke. I'm not trying to get do. No, no, no. But I was thinking about uh, Miami, where they were going to go. They're what on the 50 yard knew, line. We all knew they were trying to get us to jump outside. But they go through the Didn't whole. Anybody. They go through the whole. Uh, I was surprised. Charade. I was surprised they called the timeout well, and, that's, and then came back yeah. out and tried to do it again. Yeah. I'm like, come on, yeah. Yeah. we know you're punting. You just, yeah, yeah. Anytime you see that, and it's in that situation, if they don't snap it right away, it's almost always they're trying to get you. And then they yeah. start sending guys in motion. Yeah. How many know. times did their center do the thing where he <laughs> suddenly got, lifted yeah, his up. head? Yeah, which I didn't know you could do. He would be crouched down looking, and then suddenly lift his head up, and then we're all supposed to jump at that point. You watch the ball. You watch the ball. You know what was the what was the DT that we had for Baker? 
Mm-hmm. For one year from Washington. And yeah, he jumped off. He in jumped off sides in Carolina. He and did not last, make, last game of the year. He did not make any friends on that day. Uh, that was his last game as a Buccaneer. He was not. Yep. That, that was not appreciated Shaggy, by his I teammates. Shaggy, I think, was his nickname. <clears throat> Shaggy. Yeah. What was his first name? Oh well, that's good. I, have to think I about told it. you we were, we're salty Wa- dogs because we're old. He came from Washington. Right. Well, think about that it. was the um, that was the hard knocks year. Yep. Yep. Um. So, believe it or not, Tom Brady, and a lot of people probably already heard this, but it's worth mentioning. Is this a good far, quarterback? <laughs> 300, something like 300, well, counting playoffs, more like 350 games into his career. He did something this Sunday that he'd never done before. You probably heard, right? Yeah, 400 yards and... And five four, touchdown yeah. passes. He's done 400 yards like 12 times. Yeah. He's done five touchdown passes like nine times. But this is the first time he's done them both at the same time. It was funny. We were talking, we were, uh, they were talking about it, and Dave made a comment uh, that he had five touchdowns. And Gene goes, no, he only has four and because there was a, uh, a running touchdown. Um yeah, Leonard Fournette. Yeah, Fournette scored a touchdown, and we went, oh. And then very quickly, Mike Evans. M- yeah, gets one, and Gene one. goes, now he has. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I wanted to mention on that. You were saying we don't, we haven't, we're not used to seeing this kind of offense, and we were talking about the Antonio Brown, first, un- mm-hmm. first Antonio Brown touchdown? Yeah, I think yep. it was the first one. And we described and how that it became, went. And that became the uh, play of the game on our uh, webcam Okay. Uh, and with Gene calling it. It's pretty good. Oh, okay. I uh, I already described how that happened, and you said we're not used to seeing this kind of offense. I would say, in particular, we're not used to seeing that kind of play. Mm-hmm. This offense, even with last year with Tom Brady, and even before that with um, Winston and Fitzpatrick, had plenty of explosive sure. plays, plenty of big, long plays. I can remember, like, the Philly game. Last time we played Philly, yeah. first play of the game, Deshaun Jackson, 75 yeah. yards. Yep. And then O.J. Howard has 75 yards. But most of those are on very deep passes. Right. We, we've hit Mike Evans countless times, like mm-hmm. on this, his first touchdown. And it was basically just a go, and he beat the guy to the outside, and there was no safety close enough. And, and Tom put the perfect throw in there. I can't think of a ton of times where we've had 50-plus-yard plays where it was a relatively short pass that the pass catcher turned into, in this case, a 62-yard touchdown. Right. We haven't had a ton of those. No. They're usually bombs where it was a great route or something, or a great play design, or a blown coverage and a great pass. But that's a little thing that we haven't had a lot of, and that's something that Antonio Brown can give you. Mm-hmm. And what I love about it is that can happen at any given moment. That's what I love about yeah, it. Yeah, this offense can strike. You're, you, just, you just don't feel like you're out of anything. For Tom Brady to... It has to be an unbelievable feat for it to be the first time that Tom Brady has done it. Are you, are you surprised how well he's playing? Um, it's just because it's Tom Brady. No, theoretically, am I surprised that a 44 year old quarterback is playing as good as any quarterback in the league mm-hmm. and just bombing away and putting up ridiculous numbers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, theoretically, that's weird. But at this point, why shouldn't we expect that of Tom Brady? Well, th- that's that's what I mean. You expect it now. You're not. But but if you just step back for a second yeah. and look at what he's doing, at, you know, he's playing, but not only is he playing, he's playing at a very high level. Yeah. As I, high as he's ever played. I felt like there were points last year that we would say that, but maybe it was stretching the point a yeah. little bit, but not anymore. Mm-mm. Since December of last year, when he got this, and that was really all that was holding him back from being this type mm-hmm. of producing quarterback, is a firmer grasp of the offense. Sure. Now that he's got that. And you got, you. I was on uh, your pregame show with Ronnie and John, and John asked me, he's like, you're saying how good Brady's playing, but he's like, he's throwing 43 passes a game, roughly, 
is, is there at some point where you get concerned that your 44-year-old quarterback is going to throw too many passes right. this season? And I think we think about that because we remember pretty vividly the Peyton Manning year. He went to he went from Indy to Denver, came back from his neck injury, mm-hmm. yep, and had a couple seasons where he was vintage Peyton Manning, and they you know threw like 55 touchdown passes, and it was just amazing. And then he had the season where he basically his arm gave out, right. <clears throat> And he managed. They still won. They still made the yeah, Super Bowl, right? Yeah, he managed the game. He managed the team. But he clearly, like Drew Brees last year, mm-hmm. their arms weren't there anymore. The, the Drew Brees in the um, Drew Brees' lack of arm strength was an enormous factor in our win playoff win in New Orleans, mm-hmm. right? But so, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, and I just don't think you can go. Okay, I'm worried about a 44 year old passer throwing too many passes this season, so we're going to stop throwing 43. I mean, it's working. He's in great shape. He obviously is, knows how to keep himself in shape better than mm-hmm. most people in the entire world. And until it's not, until you see a, a sign of an issue, I don't. I think you just go with it. Yeah, I, I I'm yeah. sure he doesn't want to pull back. No, oh, no, no, no. I think that's why it's still because it's still loose. It's still stretched. It's st- all it feels the, good. All correct, except for maybe his thumb right now. Uh, I guess we would call him Tom Thumb right now. I know now. you're going to do that. Um. So Tom, well, anytime know. Tom, I, I I did like the fact that he's sitting on the bench with his hand in an ice chest, just yeah, kind of cool. just casually. And now you're gonna like this one, just chilling, you know, chilling. <laughs> God, you and your puns today. Um, Come on, you're loving it. You're, I love puns, but yours aren't very good. Wow. Uh, Let the audience be the judge of that. Um, go ahead. Well, you made me lose my train of thought with yeah, your, with your worthless sip, puns. Simple to throw you off track. Yeah, nowadays I just can't keep a train of thought. Uh, so his thumb, he hurt. He, he bangs it on the helmet of a Miami pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said today it was about with two twenty-five left in the first half. Obviously, he played the rest of the game and had no issues, being awesome. And uh, Byron Leftwich, the play caller, didn't even know about it till late in the game. But you're Tom Brady. You show up an injury report. You're any quarterback. You show up in an injury mm-hmm. report with your something wrong with your throwing hand. That's big news. So oh, yeah. this has been the news, but it's fortunately Tom has been, and he's talked today, pretty much making everybody feel calm by going, that's eh, fine. It's sore. I'll be fine. Right. It's not a big deal. <clears throat> so that's the good news. His, his um, threshold for pain is pretty high. I guess. Maybe just. As because even if you're, you know, if you're, if you bang it up and you got to grip, so yeah, you got to squeeze. Yeah. So for that period of time of squeeze, it's not. It hurts. Yeah. It's not like, and, and what I, look at how many times he t- under center taking yeah. a snap, you know, boy, you know, you, you do more shotgun then. Uh, and every time you, every time you grab the ball, you have to squeeze it. You can't go, well, I'm only going to squeeze it when I'm going to throw yeah, it. Yeah, and I know there's this thought that when players have injuries to their arms or legs, sometimes they, they give them some kind of shot to numb it a little bit. You can't do that with your with You can't that. do that with your throwing hand. I wouldn't think so. Cause I mean, you got to be you got to be able to feel it, you gotta, right? you got to have that feel yeah. to have the touch on your throws, yeah. I would think. Yeah. No, maybe you wear a glove. Long, long ago, mm-hmm. I had a player tell me that um, they had their, their, their foot was bad and they had it numbed up. And they said they would never do it again because it was like a rubber foot, and, yeah. and then they didn't know it was there. It was Ugh, it was awful. more it was you know more mm-hmm. um, cumbersome, so to speak. It's like if you fall asleep with your arm underneath oh. you in a weird, <laughs> weird way, and then you wake up and it's useless for a while. Yeah, you try to lift it up and it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I had the the two shoulder dislocations years ago uh-huh. from, from softball, terrible sure. softball slides. Yes, and in both cases, 
after they popped it back in, I then spent like three weeks with my arm in a sling and a swath. Mm. And then when it came out, actually six weeks, when or eight, when it came out, it was like useless. It's just so weird. I uh, I tried to play a softball game because we were down a guy and sure. I play, was playing first and the throw <laughs> comes over to me and I couldn't even get my arm up. And, I, and I'm like, and the ball goes whizzing by me and almost hits the baser. I'm like, okay, guys, I can't play first. Somebody's going to get hurt over here. So it was back to catcher. So yeah, yeah, crazy. But I, if anybody can play with an injury like that, it's going to be Tom Brady. Or JPP. Who can pay, apparently play through anything just about. How he about him one, coming back? Missed yeah. one game? No, I guess he missed two. He missed two. He missed L.A. and New Oh, okay. But still. Yeah. He's got a hurt hand, too. He's playing with a club on his hand. And and I think I, that was one of the reasons why he couldn't get Jacoby Brissett down on that would, ridiculous play. Brissett made some impressive plays. He played well. I thought were I thought he was going to get sacked like five times. He he played tough too because he's playing through a hamstring injury. Yeah, I was just going to say he played he played tough. They announce it's like second quarter. They announce the the sideline calls up, so they announce that the you know, TV and then in the internet in the press box they announce Jacoby Brissett hamstring questionable to return. Mm-hmm. And then, like, literally, like, a minute later, they get the ball, and he's back in the game. But if they hadn't – you know who their only other quarterback was? Reed Sinet. Oh, he was with us. We signed him as an undrafted yeah. free agent last year. I remember I remember because <clears throat> the storyline was going into that draft, this would be the 2020, 2020 draft, um, that uh, he – we were interested in getting a developmental quarterback at some point in the draft if it fell right. Didn't fall right. We didn't draft one. But they said, there is a guy we like. This is before we signed anybody. There is a guy we like that we're going to try to bring in as an undrafted free agent. And it was him. So they had some thought that maybe he could stick in the league. Sure. And and right now he is because he's on Miami's active roster. So with two a down probably. Yeah. Um, so, but I still think they would have been in trouble if he'd had to see his first NFL action against us. Yeah, that – I was trying to decide what kind of team Miami was going to be. And when they first started, I thought they were playing playing well. Well, they certainly were on offense. Mm-hmm. And uh, But that's why I was most pleased about this game, is that I thought before the game started during the week, I thought you should really t- you know, put them away, and it shouldn't be a close game. I didn't think it was going to be a close game, so they, I was happy that it wasn't. Yeah, they, they're off, their defense really had no answers for yeah, us. Yeah, and I'm not even sure what to expect on Thursday night other than um, – I don't know because I really don't know a lot about. Well, the, let's talk about that. About I, I got info in my head. Do you? And you we should talk about the upcoming because they have game. a new head coach. They made they made big decisions at the two most important positions or jobs: mm-hmm. head coach and quarterback. Doug Peterson had won a Super Bowl at the end of the 17 season, got him back to the playoffs wild card in 18 and 19, and then in 2020 they went like four, eleven, and one. Yeah. And we're last place in like the worst division the, the NFL seen in a long time. And it time. did not end well at the end of the, the yeah, last it didn't game. End. Well, that but there's a lot of questions about who sure. who made that, that decision. Yeah. And, and yeah, almost as if Doug Peterson was thrown under the bus. Mm-hmm. I, what we're talking about, in case you don't know, I think Carson Wentz was hurt at the time. He was. Jalen Hurts was playing, played like the first half, and they pulled him for and I can't even remember the name of the other quarterback, saying they wanted to get him some. Yeah, I wanted and, to get him some reps. He and had it never became been a, in. it became oh. an issue for the Giants because they needed Philly to beat yeah. Washington, I think, to have a shot. And no, everybody knew what was going on. They were trying to lose the game mm-hmm. to get a better because it didn't matter to them to get a better draft spot. And it's understandable. They probably should have just started the game with that guy, though. Mm-hmm. But anyway, either way, probably not a quarterback of the future for them since I can't remember his name. Right. And he's not on the roster anymore no. because after they traded Carson Wentz <clears throat> and made Jalen Hurts the starter. For this season, 
They signed Joe Flacco and traded for Gardner Minshew. So they kind of redid that whole room. Sure. Jalen Hurts is off to a good start. I, I think there's a lot of doubters that he can that he can stick as a, a productive starting quarterback in the NFL. But so far, I think the returns have been very good. He's got a 93.3 passer rating. Mm-hmm. Um, he's completing like 65% of his passes, and he's giving them that other dimen- dimension with his ability to make plays either on a scramble, a broken play, or they design runs for him. Right. He's actually their leading rusher. He has he ha- he's, oh, has only five carries less than their leading ball carrier. Miles Sanders, but he has the most yards, like 256 yards. The only quarterback in the league running more is Lamar Jackson. And they, beat, run and they beat Carolina last week. Yes, yeah. they, they, they looked bad it's for a good portion end, of that game. But and, then they came through. And yeah. Hurts had two rushing touchdowns. Uh-huh. And they, I think um, <clears throat> they had a pick at the end. They did. Um, Carolina had a pick, or the so Eagles got a pick. They don't they don't really commit to like running between the tackles very much, mm-hmm. but they do like to throw to their running backs, and we saw how that was effective. Miles Gaskin was the best weapon for Miami by far. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a concern, them throwing the ball to Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell. Devontae Smith has looked pretty good, the guy they drafted 10th. Um, they still have those tight ends. I mean, everybody said that. Ertz was going to get traded, and he, and he never did. So no. they still have Ertz and, and Goddard, if that's how that's pronounced. That's a good tight end um, duo. Their main problem this year has been, just like Miami that we just faced, they can't get a set five offensive line due to injuries, sure. mostly. They, and they have someone on COVID, I believe. No, they have right guard Brandon Brooks, starting the season. Right guard Brandon Brooks on IR. He tore a peck. Left guard Isaac Simaulo, I think. Um, he... He's out, too, for a while. Um, I don't remember his injury. And the right tackle, Lane Johnson, is away from the team on undisclosed for undisclosed personal mm-hmm. reasons, and their head coach recently said he doesn't know if he'll be back this season. So they're, they're working in a, a second-round rookie, Landon Dickerson, but otherwise they're mixing things up a lot, and they've had a bunch of different, uh, by necessity, a bunch of different O-line combinations. It hasn't been a disaster. They've, they've given him decent protection, but that's hard and it's a big, big contrast with the Bucks, who all their five have been intact all this year and were for most of last year as well. Yeah. We've had very good fortune on our offensive line, which builds chemistry. Which, by the way, I think thought the offensive line played really, really well um, Sunday. Okay. Our offensive line did. Well, I mean, I think they generally have been. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's – I think The run blocking is getting better. Wow. That's that's important. That's, it, we, were t- we were talking about that. If you can run the ball like that and you can keep running the ball, you were talking before about how demoralizing it is yes. for a, uh-huh. a defense. That's that not only not only are you running the ball on them, but now you're throwing the ball on them too. Yeah, and so and no play matter, action. Yeah, no matter what you're doing, you can't stop it, and it's just like really. So. There's certainly two schools of thought on whether you need to be successful running the ball for play action to work. Mm-hmm. But I think our coaches believe that the better our running game is, the more bite there is in our play action. Sure, and they know more about football than I do. So, and back to the Eagles, uh, they have a potentially very good defense. They're always good up front because they pour tons of resources into him. A couple of years ago, I guess in 2020, they signed defensive tackle Javon Hargrave from the Steelers after his four, four years with the Steelers. <clears throat> At the time, not all Philly fans were thrilled about it because they didn't have a ton of cap space, and they really had big needs at, like, corner and receiver and offensive line. Mm-hmm. So why are we put, putting even more money into this when we already have Fletcher Cox and a number of other good frontline players? Well, Javon Hargrave is the best interior defensive lineman in the league so far this year. He's got six sacks, which is the most 
by anybody, and his pressure percentage of 21% on pass rushes is is the best in, of, in the entire league, and that includes edge rushers, not just interior guys. You know, Jeff, that sort of pressure, like Warren Sapp used to give us, directly up the middle is what quarterbacks hate the most, uh-huh. can blow up your offense the quickest, and it's hard to find. It is hard to find. So now the Eagles are thrilled, their fans are thrilled that they have Javon Hargrave because Fletcher Cox is getting up there a little well, bit. Yeah. He's still a great player, been to the last six Pro Bowls. But <clears throat> it's Hargraves now that's, that's kicking butt. So. And and it's a, and that's a hard place to play, and Philly, yeah, and Cox Fletcher Cox is I, I think he had his first sack of the year last week, but he's had a number of plays like Vita Vea where he's he's attracting yeah. double and triple teams, and that's helping out Hargrave and Josh Sweat and Derek Barnett. But so that, there's a little bit of a for you on the I Eagles like that job. really nice yeah. you know Very I, good. That's one of the advantages. They take a while, some of these stories that I write every sure. week, but the scouting report is an example. It forces me to go through all their team and find the strengths and weaknesses. And, and so now I can just – Yeah, 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 yeah. See, now tomorrow when I'm flying, I'll be reading the uh, press stuff from, from the Eagles. You okay. know, I read all their game releases, things of that nature on the downtime. Yeah. Interesting, though. Something um, really cool happened to me on Twitter last week. What? So pray tell. Um, I okay. I was answering a question in, in my, on my mailbag last week, okay. the written one, and it was just a kind of a cheeky question by some guy from Canada um, about why are Super Bowl champions referred to as world champions okay. when you don't, you're really not mm. playing the whole world. And no. it, it's a it's a joke or an observation sure, that's sure, been made sure. many many times. And he was just basically joking. Mm-hmm. It's like the World Series in baseball. You're not playing you know, against the world. And it's, worse, it's more egregious in baseball because there is a lot of good baseball around sure. the world, whereas there's no real mm. competition anywhere else in American football. Right. So, um, I remind me, I also want to talk about, now that I start talking about that, the Germany games that they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, okay. Okay, so, but on this story, inside his question, he made some joke about the Buccaneers are galactic football champions or something <laughs> like that. Well, I happen to have read a series of science fiction books by an author named Scott Sigler that's called the Galactic Football League. And it really literally is about centers around American football being played on planets all across the galaxy (laughs) in the distant future and with aliens, you know. And it's I know you're laughing because that sounds a little silly, but there's there's a lot of substance to these books. So I like them quite a bit. Sure. They, they, They delve into, they explore some topics like racism and sexism and crime and gambling and stuff that that's relevant. Right. Right. So, and and the, the writing about football is actually quite good. I mean, you know, sometimes you read or watch something about sports and they just don't get the sport right. Mm-hmm. You know, in any case, the author somehow found this and tweeted about it because he appreciated it. Ended up later. One of the things he said to me was, I just don't. We don't get a lot of attention from sports reporters, which he okay, wishes that wasn't okay, the case. Okay, back up. You make a comment about I wrote the about book, it in my mail about back. the book and about the author about the books basically about the uh, but and I mentioned the author and then he reached out to you. Well, first he just tweeted out um, a link to it, you know, probably basically for his fans. Sure. And then he later, yeah, tweeted at me and said thank you. And some of his fans then started following me How? and started t- tweeting to me about other books of his that are very good. That is so cool. It gets better. So I went on to, I when we followed each other, I went on direct message and told him some story that I'm not going to share here. But in the story, um, 
I lent somebody the first two of the five books of his that I had, and I never got them back. And um, there was a reason for telling the story. That's well, you told me about the, that you had lent the books and never got them back. You talked about that okay. during Salty Dogs. Oh, we've talked about it before? Yes, okay, you, so it was James Winston. Yeah. I thought he might appreciate them. Yeah. He told me he wanted to read more. Right. I never got them back from And James. you didn't want to ask him for them back because you felt like, uh, Well, like a year later, I said, hey, did you ever get around to reading those books I right. gave you? And his answer made it clear that he had not. Right. So... I was hoping at that point he would volunteer. Hey, do you want him back? But I didn't sure. want to ask. So I never right. got him back. So he, I told Scott this story, Scott Sigler, and he he said, oh, well, we'll send you replacements for those two. And now I didn't even know there's a sixth book in the series, and he's going to send me that too, which was way more than he should do. But Now, that is one of the few positive stories <laughs> I've heard. To come from Twitter? Yes. <laughs> Yes, from social media. That is very cool. You know, Jeff, I used to. I don't read as much as I used to. I just don't have time. I go. To, I get books from the library now and then, but yep. I can't say I read more than you know five or six books a year at this mm-hmm. point. But I used to read a lot, and I used to read a lot of science fiction. Sure. And um, <clears throat> he was very appreciative and kind about the fact that I brought some attention to his books. Sure. But on my end. How many times am I ever going to end up in a conversation with an author yeah. of, a, of a series of books that I right. appreciate? Right, right. Someone, right? something, it's just not a random person. It'd be like if somehow all of a sudden I'm talking to Neil Stevenson, who you won't know who that is, but he's one of my favorite sci-fi writers. And, um, I mean, it's just, it's not something you ever expect to happen. So it was neat. No, I, I that's, a, I'm glad you shared it with us because that is, um, you know. Anyway, if you like science fiction and football, Check, I, check these books out. You know, you talk about reading. I like to read a lot. I read, but you probably don't read science fiction, right? Um, <clears throat> I do. I'll lend you these it books does. It just uh, it depends. But um, I'm reading uh, right now. I'm reading uh, Stephen King's uh, latest. He's book. He's still putting out books all the time. No, but he? here's what's what's different. What is um, it called? It's called Billy Summers, and um, it is not it is not Stephen Kingish. Oh, it's if that makes any sense. Well, I mean, I think I know what you mean, because in the 80s, I read all his books, and uh, I stopped after that. Yeah, it's not... The it's, Stand is his best book of all yeah. time. Yeah. You think? It's not even close. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, but, uh, but I go to library, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. good for you, Pub- Jeff. Public library. Yeah, because yes. better get the books free. Oh, yeah. You get on, get, get on the list early, get them when they're new. It's awesome. Totally. I've been trying to get this one book that I read about that's really good by a Chinese author... And I mean, it's like they have two copies in the whole freaking <laughs> library <laughs> system. <laughs> and so you have to put it on hold, and then it goes, yeah. there are two copies and 16 holds ahead of you. I'm like, okay, it's going to be months before I ever get it. So I did get the book once. And? I, I didn't get a very good start into reading it, so it was oh, overdue several oh. times. So I brought it back, hoping that I could renew, renew it. Nope. And when I tried to, like, no, you have to give that up to the next yeah. person in line. And I haven't come close to sniffing and it yet. And, and they don't do late charges anymore. Do they you? don't do – the no. library does not do no, late charges. Do that, that happened a they'll couple years your, ago. They'll take your card away, but they won't do you – know, They won't let you rent anything well, else. Yeah, they freeze it Yeah, until you – Did you, you know get. how many items you can have checked out from a library at once, at uh, least around here? Uh, take a guess. Fifteen. Fifty. What? You can have up to 50 items checked out from these libraries around here <laughs> at the I same ask, time. May I ask why you would know that? I can't remember how I found that out, but it's absolutely 100% true. And I would never, ever do that because I'd be terrified. I'd never be able to find all 50 no. of them and end up having to buy them. No. I mean, you could yeah. have, like, I guess you could have, like, 10 movies well, and some magazines. Yeah, but, but, but what would you, uh, How could you see that? To me, to me, that is a, that would be, unless you have, well, what if you had what if you were no, like, no, like an orphanage or something? Well, no, no. I, if you were a family and 
you had kids. Kids. And you okay, can, you, I you could, could do like five kid books at a time. Sure, right? I could see that where it doesn't take long to read them or whatever. And so you don't want to go to the library a lot during the, you know, back and forth, back and forth. So you say, okay, kids, we're all going to go. And it's like a yeah. monthly thing right. or twice a, you know, twice a yeah. month, whatever. Okay, I could probably see the that. same people that go to to Sam's once a month and do all their shopping, yeah. grocery shopping sure. all at once. Sure. I go to the grocery store like every two out of every three days. Yeah, it's not very efficient, <laughs> and it's I'm the same with the library. I just go whenever I want. Sure, to. well, that's but being, yeah, I being see, the wild and crazy guy that you <laughs> are. You do see, I mean, I see people doing a lot of movies at once. Oh uh, yeah, they just like do that. Or yeah, they, or they have mu- music CDs and stuff. Sure, although who uses those anymore? I don't know. It, yeah, so. But that's that uh, that you like that's that story? a great that is a great story yeah the Galactic Football League the series Galactic the Football. first book is called the Rookie hmm. um, yeah it's cool there's so in the now that you're in a future where the human race is spread across the galaxy mm-hmm. and also diverged a little bit like I think the protagonist I can't remember his this his skin might have been blue or something but um, then you have aliens that are playing in the league, and so there are certain positions where the only people, that, the only beings that play them are a certain alien group because nobody else can hang with them. Like, uh. like the all the receivers and DBs are, I can't remember the name. It's, I'm not doing this very good favor because right. I, it's been a while since I read them, and sure. I can't remember the names and details right. very well. But it's a race that is somewhat insect-like, and uh. they can run extremely fast and jump really, really high. So you uh, uh, like a human wouldn't be able to cover. Okay. So they're all the receivers and all the DBs. That things like that. Sure. There's others that are all the linemen because uh-huh. they're so big. Things like that. Interesting. It sounds. I'm making it sound like youth, youth adult, youth uh, fiction, but it really right. isn't. It's it's you would enjoy. Well, it. it's it, it is addressing society's issues in a different manner. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Cool. All right, enough of that. Um, right. I think I've done everything on my list, Jeff. Yep. And we don't have a guest this week, as we mentioned, so no. we can just go right to the questions. Well, I believe oh, it. no, we were going to talk about the Germany game. Yeah. They announced yesterday, I think? Well, they announced or was it today? today. Yeah. Well, last night. They kind of dumped it after the other news. Last they night. are um, basically, I don't know what the right word is, auditing or whatever. They're, they're mm-hmm. looking at bids from Munich. Dusseldorf, mm-hmm. Frankfurt, and Munich. Yeah. To possibly hold some games maybe in five years from now, uh, 20, 26 years from now. Something like that, yeah. Start holding games like we have in London, <clears throat> which makes a ton of sense, and I'm surprised it has taken this long because I think football is American football is bigger in Germany than it, just about anywhere uh, else. There, I was reading a thing where... Um, we get they, questions from that, that kid. They too. have like three million uh, fans that are registered to some NFL. Really? Mm-hmm, and that... Um, oh, I wish I had that. Article. I think games would do great over there. It it was it it was like they were, they they had uh, games being watched. Uh, so you're correct in in that that it's very. Have very you popular. been to any of those cities? I've been to Munich. Yes. Okay, because I was trying to. I don't have any idea to know which one I'd ro- uh, most like to go to. Um, well, Munich uh, Munich is the most modern city in Germany because it was pretty much bombed out. During oh. World War Two, wow. so you don't have the all old, of that. Yeah. But it's old a really, it's it's a very uh, uh, well. They got the Glockenstein there, which is in <laughs> in the uh, plaza where it's like a gigantic clock where it and, but rotates out. It's so cool, Glockenstein. Yeah, it's okay. so cool. I believe that's that how up. it said. Um, but uh, uh, that, that I'll tell you that. 
the best part, and I know this is going to sound waking up. No, the best part is having beer in Germany. <laughs> I've heard that's a different experience. It's it is, you know, in America, we uh, advertise the packaging. You know, oh look at the can. Oh, it turns blue. Oh, look at this. Oh, look at it. it's an easy twist off top. No, in Germany, it's about the taste. And um, went to a beer garden that had. Um, I think it was able to hold like 7,000 people. Hello? And um, At once? Yeah. And went... That sounds more like a beer forest. Oh, it's... it's or a beer jungle. It, it's, beer it is It is kind of... It is in the woods type thing. <laughs> it is? Yeah. And it's so... I mean, this one who I went to, it was so cool. And I... So and it's I, just 7,000 people wandering around well, a forest here, drinking beer? Well, here's the problem. I, I don't do well with crowds. I've never been. I I don't know why. I mean, it's I'm not huge on them either. Yeah, it's kind of dumb. You know, I go to football games, seventy thousand people, but I I just yeah. But you're up in your little box. Yeah, I I yeah. So, anyways, going. Um, I thought, oh, geez, this, we're gonna be here forever. How am I gonna get a beer? You know, this that. They have it down like you just in line, boom, 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 done, and you just go sit at any table, which is very, very cool because it's un-American-like. So you're saying they have these revolutionary ideas of lines and tables? Yeah, no, but wow, you don't. But moves quickly, <laughs> moves quickly. So they have good people working the tables. They tabs. know what they're doing, and then the cool part is, is like most. In Europe, you just sit with other people. You just yeah. sit out. There's a place to you sit. You sit. You just, you know. You know, here you that, try to stay with your yeah. Little you group. stay with your own little group, and so that was very, very cool. Um, I have heard that even some German beer brands have a different—I don't know what you'd call it—formula for what they are, what they, they would, sell in the United States. Yeah. Like if you had a what's a good what's a German beer brand is is Beck's German. Yeah. If you had a Beck's here, it doesn't taste the same as what the Beck's they make in Germany. I don't think anything uh, like they're trying to cater to American taste. Maybe. Which are, well, it's a it's a different it's a it's a it, it's a beer beer taste. I mean, it's not. It, it I haven't is, had a Bex in a long time. Yeah. I used to really like Bex. The um, the interesting part about it is that. Um, but don't drink if you're underage. No, but see, that's just it. I, just I don't was think about drinking a beer. At that yeah, place, I no, I, I don't think there's. An, I don't think there's an age limit disclaimer. there. I was making a disclaimer yeah. after I mentioned drinking a beer. Oh, oh, I see. Don't I drink, see. kids. <laughs> twenty-one. Gotta be twenty-one. Oh yeah, but. Munich is a really cool city, um, but but I uh, have not b- um, been to the others. But I would like to. I, I enjoyed um, being in Germany. It was nice. Yeah, I would very much like to go to one of yeah, those. Yeah, I mean, I hope we're I hope we're one of the teams really pushing for it. The London trips have been cool. Oh, very and cool. By the, and the last one, my wife and son came over and we went to Paris, so that was the best. Mm-hmm. But uh, Germany, I would I would much rather go to Germany than back mm-hmm. to London again. No offense to London. Because it was great, but I'd like to. Start you know what else new. is in Munich? The Enigma. What's that? That was the um, device to break code oh, in during cool. World War II. But you know, I went to go see it because I wanted to see it, and I walked around this museum for like over an hour and a half. Could not looking, looking, could not find. It was a true enigma. Huh, it was. And the thing was, is I was expecting something really, really big. Yeah, <laughs> like a supercomputer. It's about this size. <laughs> He's pointing to his. Um, yeah, it's radio. like a little, little mixing board. Radio, radio yeah. mixing board. Um, but uh, yeah, no, you would like it over there. I want to go. I want to go. Hopefully, 
I want to go. Well, remember when they had the European League? Yeah, and, and like half of it was in Germany. Yeah. Sure. I think, um, yeah, some PR guys got to go over. I think Chris King might have done. No. Um, Jason Wallers. Jason Wallers did. I think it was before And so Chris did um, Mike, Tony? Uh, Mike Chazanoff, who's now with oh, the didn't. 49ers. Yeah, he's been there a little mm-hmm. while now. This is the content people came for us talking about former Buccaneers. Yeah, PR I'm guys. just saying, you know, it's it's something to think about. Listen, our listeners in Germany are very, very excited. We do have them. Us. I mean, that one uh, Dylan guy uh-huh. has emailed us like three times. So there you go. We're just returning the love right now. Sure. I've covered everything on my list, Jeff. I'm good. You don't ever bring a list, so that's not really I don't have to. I have you. Yeah, you just, you, you're my foil. Mm-hmm. I, I throw, it, throw it up to you and you knock it out of the park. Sure. That's not what a foil is, but those two different things. Okay, okay. so we don't have a guest. No. Okay, we explained why earlier. Yep. So rewind if you didn't hear that part. Um, so we'll go right, we don't have to have a break, we'll just go right into the questions. Um, this first one, fittingly enough, is from a fan in the UK, ah. named Lee Tires. Okay. He's from Bournemouth, UK. I bet I'm pronouncing that right. Uh. So you usually say mouth when it's spelled mouth. Yeah. Bournemouth. I go with I'm that. Guessing. Good morning from the UK, Salty Ones. I'm back into work today and feeling tired after traveling to Tottenham yesterday uh, to watch the Falcons and Jets. We Jets. have been there. We have been there. That stadium and that locker room were way cool. Way very, cool. Very. And the fact that that stadium looked like it was just wedged into a neighborhood was weird, but cool. Very much I don't know. So. I was trying to figure out at the time, like, where does everybody park? Yeah. They don't. Well, there was a parking garage. It's like a th- three-decker. Whilst it was amazing to see the NFL live again after two years, yeah. <clears throat> it brought back a lot of bad memories from the Bucks game oh. against the Panthers at Tottenham two years yeah, ago. Yeah, well, because I think we turned the ball over like seven times. We did. And still had a chance to win. I, well, I mean, it felt like we were coming back, and then I think it was um, Bo- Bobo... What was his name? The receiver from Florida State. Oh. He 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 muffed a punt and then like right. kind of killed the comeback. It was Bobo. Wilson. It was Bobo, Bobo Wilson. Bobo Wilson. Who um, I think his real first name was Jesus, if I remember correctly. Uh, since seeing the Bucks play live in person for the first time was an amazing experience, but the depression of walking back to the car amongst rejoicing Panthers fans was an agonizing experience. <laughs> He's really feeling the emotions. Wow. It made me want to ask the question, what have been some of your lowest points <laughs> during your Bucks fandom? Not the most positive questions I know, but we've all been there. Keep up the great work. Lee Tires from Bournemouth, UK. Right. So, I mean, we'll, we'll, yeah, I mean, we, I, we t- I've got mine. We've been, uh, we've, been, we've been all sunshine and rainbows for most of this podcast, so we can bring it down a little bit. So yeah. go ahead. Uh, my lowest point was the 99 championship game. Oh, okay. In St. Louis. Um, no one gave the Buccaneers uh, a chance to win. We were playing that we were facing the greatest show on turf. Yeah, and it was a combined score of eleven to six. Was the final score? That's an actual score, not a combined score. Yeah, the well, combined score would be, be seventeen. Um, Ricky Pearl. 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 I think yep. I think we're required to call him Ricky freaking Pearl. Yeah. I mean, but. But not really that same yeah, word. Yeah, he is a buck. Starts with an F and has a K in it and a G. Most perfect throw. But um, where we ended up having the Bird Emanuel rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, Got screwed on that one, yeah. quite frankly. I would say that was the hardest loss I had because so close to going to the Super Bowl. Everything you say makes sense there, but I have to tell you, I just don't have really negative feelings in, associated with that. Like, I don't feel bad when I think about that game. Mm. I guess it's because, like you said, we were we were supposed to get rolled. Sure. They were scoring like 32 points a game. Right. They only had, uh, what was five points, two of them on a safety when the ball was snapped over the quarterback's head. Mm-hmm. They only had five points for like three 
in two-thirds quarters. Right. Our defense completely dominated. That wasn't how that game was supposed to go. Nope. And if you remember the next year when we played them here on Monday Night Football in December, it was the shootout. Yeah, yeah. And we won that one. Yeah. They won the low-scoring defensive struggle. Right. We won the shootout. Right. Anyway. So what's uh, yours? Well, I would say the worst season, the one that felt the worst, was 2011, which was Raheem's last year. Oh, after we started were out four and two and went yeah. to London. So we'd been ten and we'd been ten and six the year before mm. the race to ten in 2010. Didn't make the playoffs, but close. So you so you start out four and two in 2011. You feel okay. We've turned the corner. Playoff contender. Won one game the rest of the way, and down the stretch, I think we we lost ten in a row. Well, it couldn't be ten because we were four and we two. We were four and two. We lost ten in a row. No, we won one more game because we finished five and eleven. I, I, or maybe I'm wrong. I, so did we lose I, ten in a row? Yeah, because that'd be sixteen. Yeah. We were four and two when we went to London and then lost ten in a row. And each one seemed to get worse than the last. It was the only time. I mean, we'd go into every game and you had no feeling whatsoever that you had a chance to win that game. I remember feeling that way specifically going up to Jacksonville. And I think we we scored right away. We did. They got up to a 14 nothing lead. Tennessee. And then the, Tennessee in the last week killed yeah, us. Atlanta. It was the only time I've ever felt like the team, and I'm fortunate in saying this because there's no players from that team left. It's the only time I've ever felt like the team, you know how teams people say that team has just given up? Mm-hmm. It's the only time I've ever felt well, like Well, you're like saying it nicely. A lot of times people say the team quit on the head coach. And I'll say it. It did feel like they quit that season. Mm-hmm. Like there just was no and, they didn't care. And, and I don't know that that's true, but that's what it felt right, like. Right, 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 right. And, and there I, were some good players on that team and I'm not trying to no, denigrate no, no, no. them. I, but that was the feel. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I would say that that maybe that uh, Okay. I, I, I'm Are thinking, you switching your answer now? No, 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 no. I'm thinking about what you're saying, and, I, and I'm going back to that. I guess maybe uh, as bad as I felt about that, um, I don't know. I just, there's, I have mixed emotions about that season. So, But I just went with one game. So, Well, yeah, if I were going to do one game, it would be the Monday night Indianapolis game in 2003, <laughs> where I actually said to the PR person sitting next to me, don't worry about it, Tony. There's no way we can lose this game. Because <laughs> we were up by like three touchdowns with five minutes to go or something. I'm like, there's no way we can lose this game. It's not a big deal. <laughs> and then they came back, Peyton Manning, the yeah. Simeon Rice leaping sure. penalty. And, yeah, uh, on and on and on. Just on and on. Well, we have experienced lots of losses, but, but that, that, one, mm. that one still hurts. I think uh, if I had to go with another lo- uh, uh, loss, would would have been um, in... Philadelphia, uh, Tony's last year, last playoff game. That yeah. that one was it was hard. a bad loss, was and a, then he was released and two then days later. Say what you will about what happened the next year, mm-hmm. but it and whether you're a big Dungey fan or not, it did not feel good when mm-hmm. done. And I'm sure I'm I'm saying it probably did not even feel good for the Glazers who made the decision. Sure, no, right. It was a decision that worked out, right. and now both Tony Dun- now Tony Dungey's is in our Ring of Honor, right? And he's a Hall of Famer, and he yeah. went on. To so win. it's all great. It's yeah, all good. It's he won good. Super Bowl, and but know. I will say that game, that game, because that was the game we played the Eagles the last game of the year here, and, and we, it was meaningless, and right? it was meaningless, and then we went up there to play. Yeah, and <clears throat> yes, just, mm-hmm. that game sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from a personal standpoint, I would say uh, seven. About seven years into my career here, I was getting a little tired of it. 
because I was in PR, mm-hmm. and I, I learned over that period that I liked working for an NFL team, but I didn't absolutely love my job as a PR guy. The sure. guys we have now, Dude. they love their job, and they're great at it. Right. Um, I don't think I was great as a PR person. I was fine, but I don't think I was great at it. The part I liked about it was writing mm-hmm. when I wrote programs. Sure. Here's how I became an NFL PR guy. It's all because when I went to college at Northwestern, and I had a single mom, and there wasn't a lot of – we didn't have a lot of money. And I had every form of financial aid known to man. Sure. Grants and scholarships. Yeah. And so one of them was work study. I had to work, which a lot of kids do. Sure. That doesn't yeah, separate you're, me from You're me. not saying, well, it's me. You're and just saying the, this yeah. is one of the things I did. Some of the jobs, and and these are good sometimes because you can study. Some of the jobs would be just like you're the security guy in the lobby of this dorm or something. Mm-hmm. But the reason I'm here now is because in the initial questionnaire – for work for getting a work study job, they ask you things like, "What are your interests?" And I had sports on there, and I had writing on there, and so they sent me to sports information, nice. which is like a PR department sure. for a college. So I'm, I worked for four years in sports information. Even then, though, <clears throat> that didn't make me think I'm going to work in the NFL. It's just that one day at the office, sports information at Northwestern, there was a flyer on the bulletin board that said people from the Kansas City Chiefs were looking to interview anybody who was interested in being an intern, and they were going to be in Chicago. They usually got their interns from around their area. Sure. They were going to Notre Dame and Northwestern. So I ended up applying and got that job, and that's how I got in the NFL, and then I got the Bucks next year, blah, blah, blah. So it's not like I went to college thinking, I want to be a yeah. sports PR guy. It was a fun job. It was fine. I don't think I was great at it, like I said, but I was competent. Mm-hmm. So when the website happened, <clears throat> I got to transition into that. And that probably saved my career because I can tell you, about seven years in, I was just not enjoying NFL right. PR. Probably wouldn't enjoy any well, sports PR. Well, you also you were in seven <coughs> years of losing too. No, but that was ninety nine. Well, we okay, the that's oh, you ninety two. We had so turned five. the corner a little bit. Yeah, so you had four years, five, four, four years. Ninety seven. Yeah, I had ninety two, ninety five, and yeah. ninety six was a losing year. But you sure. could feel things Healed. turning around yeah. for Tony. Yeah, yeah. So that, I guess, it's kind of a low point. Mm-hmm. And also the lockout in 11. Oh, I even forgot about Those that. Those were kind of scary times. Yeah, the lockout was very, very scary because it, uh, yeah. And owners had to adjust. And what one thing that happened here was they we were given one week of unpaid leave, Yeah. if you remember. But they said at the time, if this gets resolved and the season starts on time, we're going to make that whole. And, they and that's what happened. And right. then they, they all paid us for that week. And, and so we ended up getting an extra week of vacation. Is yeah, what it was. and we were, we were a very fortunate team. We were team. very fortunate. We were a very fortunate team because they did not <coughs> reduce staff. They didn't lay people off. And right. they didn't lay people off. They didn't. It was yep. it was a matter of we got to a point where, and I think it was like in June that they said, hey. It was in June. Yeah, we need to, you need to get furloughed for a week. Go you know, yeah, don't you come, come in, you, don't you work, in. you weren't allowed, you know, the computers, mm-hmm. all of that, no emails, nothing. You weren't allowed to do anything. And they did, like you said, they made it whole. Yeah. yeah. So that was, that off season felt low mm-hmm. because you just were really uncertain about what was going to happen. Not like I thought the NFL was going to go away, but you could miss a season. Other sports have. And that would have at uh, some point led to consequences Sure. On the staff. It just would have had to. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah, well, what do you need a writer for the website for if there's nothing to write about? All right. Well, you know? I can't say I didn't kinda hard to Kind of hard to be director of broadcasting when you don't have any games. <laughs> the broadcast. <laughs> throwing it out there. All right. Next question. Okay. Hey, Scott. The inter- you know, Before I say this, I screwed up because I had a question I really wanted to read here, and it was it was basically a follow-up to some question 
that we had answered, and I think it was the guy in Tennessee, and he said they were going on. He was going on a road trip with his wife, and he convinced her because he was a couple podcasts behind, and he convinced her to listen to it. I'm gonna have to bring this question in next time to do it justice, but he convinced her that, to listen to it in the car. Okay. And she, we kept talking about Sean Murphy bunting, so she kept hearing the word bunting, and she goes, "Why? I thought this was a football podcast. Why do they keep talking about baseball?" <laughs> and then there was something else at the end that sounded like baseball too. So I think we were talking about pitching. We said something about pitching or something. Oh, on the pitch. I don't know what it was, but it, I'm just thinking this poor woman. Wow. This guy is talk making about. his wife listen to our podcast. Talk about, talk about. <laughs> My wife doesn't even listen I, to our podcast. I, talk about, you know, being a team player. Wow. Yeah. Well, she's trapped in the car. So. Maybe she's a fan now. Well, maybe he was driving so. her someplace. I'll bring the actual want. email next time. Okay. So we can get the scoop, All the right. deets, the deets, if you right. will. Very good. You know what's a dumb abbreviation that everybody's using these days? No. Fits. To describe outfits, because every day every team now puts up pictures of their players like leaving, getting on the plane, and walking in the stadium, and some of them have neat outfits on. Uh, but everybody, everybody on Twitter calls them fits now. Oh, it's 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 annoying. Anyway, the injury bug seems to be firmly Says rooted. The grumpy old man. <laughs> Tom Brady wearing his hat backwards today, by the way. I know. Is he allowed to? Is he? Can you at age forty-four I wear your hat don't backwards? No. He did. I mean, who's going to talk about Brady now? I will say this. He pulled it off. Not most Looked 40, fine. Most 44-year-olds cannot. And he, I think he had the hoodie, but with the sleeves cut off. See, the only time I used to wear a hat backwards, well, I don't really wear hats, but when I did, when I wore a hat backwards is when I was a catcher. That's the only time I wore a hat backwards. <laughs> all right. In the offseason, we all picked injuries as the biggest obstacle to the Bucks repeating. That's yeah, true. That's I was asked that question several times, and that's yeah. what I said. Yeah. Although the IR rules are more favorable now, the 17-game slate still makes it a war of, of attrition. Mm-hmm. True. Following David's injury, Levante David, it got me thinking, which Super Bowl champ most suffered in the repeat chances due to injuries? For what it's worth, I think the 2015 Patriots have to be up there with a whopping 19 players on IR, plenty of whom were key players. So he's already got kind of an sure, answer. Sure, right. They were still only two-point conversion away from tying Denver in the AFC Championship game, so there's always hope. Well, I don't. I haven't lost any hope about our season. No. Wh- which other teams do you think also deserve some special mention? Did any of them overcome the bug to repeat? <clears throat> I, I. Yeah. The only thing I could come up with when I first heard this question off the top of my head is the teams that have won with a backup quarterback when their QB got hurt, like late in the season or earlier in the playoffs. Well, like you, Jeff Hostetler for Chris Sims sure. with the Giants. Well, Trent Green. Goes down for the Rams. Yeah, at the beginning of the year, and, but yeah. sure. Yeah. Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner. Out of the. Formerly stocking groceries. And out of the European League. That's yeah, where he, he was. was with the Packers for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was the Doug Williams. Doug Williams started because uh, who was hurt? Who wasn't Theismann, was it? Their quarterback no. was hurt. That's why Doug started in the Super Bowl. Um I think the didn't the Dolphins way back in the 70s, uh, Earl Morrill. Oh, he did. Wow. For Brian, for not Brian Greasy, Bob Greasy. Bob Greasy. But I had to look it up because I couldn't think off the top of my head. And he's talking about teams that repeated. I, I don't know. I didn't really get that answer. But I did find out that the 2003 New England Patriots set a record at the time with 42 different players to start for them that season because of all the injuries. Wow. And then the next year, they even, if you may recall, remember Troy Brown, the receiver? I do. They had so many injuries that they converted him. Well, they didn't convert him. He still played receiver, too. They made him a cornerback. He played corner. He played nickel corner, too. 
I don't know if you remember that. It was, it was I remember just being amazed by that back at the time. And then there's several articles about how the 2010 Packers, the last Packer team to win the Super Bowl, um, had – so I did – I read up about that, and they did have a ton of injuries. Like, yeah. they had – they lost 91 games by starters due to injuries, and they had 11 people – on, no, I think they had 16 people on injured reserve, 11 of them were defensive players, and a lot of them key guys. Wow. And they just overcame it all. Like Mike Neal and Morgan Burnett and Nick Barnett. They just had a lot of guys out. So there's your answer to that question. All right. Hope that helps, Nick. He did Boy, we have one question about our low moments and one about people getting hurt. Right. We Boy, need some, we need bunch, some happy of, bunch of happy fit people over there. <laughs> Greetings and salutations, salty dogs. I sometimes watch the weekly press conferences on the site, and it seems like guys, seems like guys like Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady and Mike Evans are often asked if they think the offense can even get better. That's funny because that actually happened today. today. Um, by it's the go-to <laughs> question. And it, as he says, I remember this struck me as right when I first read this. These questions usually come after a good game by the offense, not a bad game. Which is, it's almost like, like I said before, we're greedy. That's what he says. Well, that's why I'm saying it. It's like it's not it's no longer we are now at a point. It's no longer that yay the team won. It's now how many points did you win by? We scored 45 points, had 558 yards of offense. <laughs> uh, can you get any better? Had over 400 passing, over 100 rushing, 8 11 third down conversions, 33 first downs. Like I mentioned that was a record for for us for a non overtime game. So, I mean, I think that's his point. And I've always thought they seemed a little greedy. That's why I said that. Hey, sure. let's enjoy what we have right now because I've been a Bucks fan for a long time, oh. and this is the best offense I've ever got to root for. Well spoken. Undeniably true. Yep. Not even an argument. No, I'm with you. Anyway, guys, do you think there are ways? Do you think there are ways in which the offense can get better if we are going to be greedy here? Thanks for your time and insight, Greg Hill. He says he's formerly of Clearwater. I guess that means he didn't say where he's from now. Sure. He used to be in Clearwater. Well, the only way you could get better was how many possessions do you have in a game? Usually about, usually between 10 and 12. Okay. So unless you score a touchdown every single possession, <laughs> then there's always room to get better. There's always room to get better. It's not really very reali- realistic, though. I understand that. but Because uh, I doubt a team's ever scored them. Well, it's, it's, like, it, it's like that Chargers-Cleveland game, oh, uh, so Browns bad. game. I mean, you score over 40 points and you lose. They scored over 40 points and didn't commit a turnover. Yes. I, I think I heard that's like one of the, it's, rare, the it's few times that's ever happened. Crazy. They, they score over 40, don't right. commit a turnover, and lose. So so do you look at that team and go, they're 3-2 and two right now, I believe, yeah, they're uh, pretty the Browns? Good, yeah. uh, are you going to go, oh, you know, what a whore. I mean. They have a good defense. Sure. Too. I'm just, yeah. I mean, there, but there are spots. There are little spots. I mean, it is greedy to you, ask for this, but. You're, there's never a perfect game. Well. We've always, Bruce has said consistently since he's got here that he wants to run the ball more mm-hmm. and have a more balanced offense, and we've rarely gotten to that. Some of that is just because it is what it is. This team is so good at passing, you're not going to stop throwing 40 times a game. But in these last couple games, we, we've thrown the ball 40-plus times, but also gotten over 100 yards rushing, right. which leads to these incredible stats and, and point totals, which is what matters, of course. It's been better. It could be better. We're still only getting 3.98 yards per carry, which is 22nd in the league. So you can see how that can be better. It's been better the last two weeks, <clears throat> but it needs to stay that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we could get more out of our tight ends, to be honest with you. And and obviously we got a lot at the beginning of the year from Gronk, but Gronk's been out. 
OJ and Cam have played fine, but we really haven't targeted them a ton. No. I feel like we could get more out of that. I feel like we could hit more deep shots, and we tried a ton in that game. Yeah. And we didn't hit them except for the one to Mike, but still we're able to move the ball in other sure. ways, right? right. And our third downs. We're, we're actually up to like fifth in the league in third down conversion, which is obviously very good. But it's been a bit up and down. And we saw what can happen when it's really up against Miami. We were basically unstoppable because they couldn't get us off the field on third mm-hmm. down. If, we, if we're converting 60-plus percent of our third downs, I don't think anybody's beaten us, honestly. And we have done that a couple times, but – there have also been games where we've had trouble on third downs, inexplicably, really, just execution. So you could see little areas where it could get better, but <clears throat> I think what would happen, though, is it would just be a little bit of a give and take. Right. Because I'm not saying we're going to have – we've only had more than 558 yards in game three times in team <laughs> history, okay? So you're not going to get 550 and yards. I, you, th- you can get better with the stats maybe getting worse. That was a good tweet you put out. I used that. Which one was that? The one about uh, we had 588 yards or something that was the most ever, and we were at four, or yeah. we were at 545, yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. We didn't get much no, there was farther because left. the time ran out. We got yeah. to the five, yeah. and yeah. not to but run it up, we needed But that was a great, that was a great piece of, of information. Yeah. So um, there are ways that can get better, but I don't think – I think it would probably just be more efficient. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to score 45 points a game, but we might come out of a game feeling like we did even better on offense because – we didn't miss opportunities. Every game we've had good game, Byron and, and, and Bruce Arians have said things like, you know, we left stuff out there. Sure. So. Yeah. All right. All right. Wow. You're not going to believe how long we went today. An hour and five. Uh, no. Right now you're at an hour and 20 minutes. Holy cow. Without I'm, a guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's not efficient right there. <laughs> That is a lack of efficiency. You were not a, all of our drives. You, you were on a roll today. <laughs> Let me just say that. You're on a roll. <laughs> but not all of our drives ended in touchdowns. Y- yes, really. yes. Well, if you tuned to this podcast looking for classics, you got a dandy one this time around. Wings, nachos, and Angus burgers, beer. Put them all together, and you've got it. you got Beef O'Brady's. Hungry for tailgate greatness. Try Beefs to go. Full-on catering. Beef O'Brady's. We're game time. It's tailgating time. Anything else you have to say, Mr. Smith? Since you did, thanks for listening.